What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Oasis Podcast. If you're in the Knoxville, Tennessee area, we'd love to meet you face-to-face on a Wednesday night at our main Park West campus. Make sure to check us out on social media at Oasis PWC to stay up to date on everything going on here so that you can get plugged in and join the Oasis family. I hope that you enjoy this week's message. Let's jump in. Last week, we started a sermon series titled, It's All Good. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's all good. Yeah, you got to say it high pitched like that or it doesn't count. Say, it's all good. We looked at a couple things in life. The the whole sermon series, we're going to talk about change, specifically the changes that show up in this stage of life, this like 18 to 25 or 18 to 30. All the things change and they change pretty quick. But last week we talked about how change can be crazy, but it almost always is an opportunity for growth. Sometimes change is caused by bad things. Sometimes it's just good things happening around you. But change is an opportunity for growth. Amen? Amen. This week we're going to continue the sermon series. I'm going to go ahead and give you my title. The title for tonight's message is Worthy. Turn to your neighbor say, Worthy. Turn to your neighbor say, It's all good. That's it. You're getting it. That's what we're talking about. Our passage uh, for this whole series is Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. The Lord says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Worthy. Will you pray with me? God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for the opportunity that we have just to be here, to be around people that love you and the inspiration that that is, the healing that that can be. God, I can feel the heaviness in the room. And I've, I've had conversations already with some people that this has just been a hard week. It's been a big week. So God, I thank you in advance for encouragement. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are our comforter. So for every individual in the room, whether they're new to this church thing or they've been in it for a while, let there be a peace in this house. Be glorified here, Jesus. Transform our hearts and minds tonight. We love you and we praise you and we pray all these things in your precious name, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So when I went into freshman year of college, my like everyday life changed drastically really, really quick. Now, some of you have known me for a long time. Some of you are just now meeting me. So you may not have known that I was in a screamo band in high school. In case you didn't figure out from the all black and the skinny jeans and stuff, I never grew out of that phase. It's just me. I don't apologize for it. I still roll up to work on Mondays in the truck with Screamo music playing and everybody must look at me like I'm crazy. It's totally fine. The Lord loves me. <clears throat> but I was in a band and uh, if you've ever been in a band of any kind, it's kind of like being on a sports team. There's just this like, these are the boys, right? There's this camaraderie that comes along with it. Well, right after I graduated high school, some things really changed for the band. One of our guys who was a, our electric guitarist, um, and he was also the dude that did the screaming. If you've ever listened to it, he did the screaming and I don't know how he did it because I, I pretended to do it and it hurt every time, but he like actually did it and it was impressive. But he met this girl like sophomore year, junior year of high school and they dated all the way, the rest of the way through high school. And as soon as they graduated, they were babies. But as soon as they graduated high school, they got married at like 18, 19 years old. So there's three of us in the band and one of them just got married and everything went, what is happening? 
So I guess we're not having like sleepovers and band practices in the bonus room, right? Like everything changed a little bit. Well, it was even crazier than that because his family was moving to Nevada. So he and his new wife took off and went all the way out west. And the band got a little different at that point. Fast forward, I spent my, my freshman year at Pellissippi State Community College. Holla at you, boy. I was there. I was there freshman year, and one of the guys that I had come through the youth group with was there with me. And uh, we were like the mom and dad of our friend group just because we were a few years older than everybody. He was the one that caused trouble and made sure we had fun, and I was the one that kept everybody alive. That was just how it worked. So I was definitely the mom out of this. That just I was. I know my place. It's totally fine. But right after freshman year, he went on and went to Lee. He moved to Cleveland. And as you can imagine, met the girl of his dreams. And real quickly, they got married. So now I'm like, what is happening right now? I'm looking up and like the guys are dropping like flies. Everybody's getting hitched. So then it's like fast forward, it's junior year of college. And uh, one of my buddies that I was in a worship team with at this point, we were traveling a lot. And, and it, man, it was so many memories, so many memories. But he had, he had been in a long-term relationship with this incredible girl that, that they're married now and got a kid and it's incredible. Uh, his senior year of college, I was at his house, his, like his apartment, two, three, four nights a week in the middle of the night watching Office and Parks and Rec and eating way too much pizza and just trying to get our homework done. So it was that guy. How many of you, like you've got your friend that you do homework with, you, you plow through? If you don't, look around, half of y'all are in school. You're gonna find it tonight. We'll get you hooked up with somebody that can help you with homework on Thursdays before service down in the hallway. Hey, when are we starting Thursday night services? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. But he got married right as he graduated college. So then I went into senior year and I'm looking around and I'm like, man, homeboy from the band got married. And my, my dude from Pellissippi State Community College got married. And now my boy from the youth group got married. And here I was, senior year, in all my glory, living in my parents' basement. <laughs> like, man, what is happening? And you know what happened? Really quickly, this like self-pity stuff hit. Can we get practical? Can I get real practical real quick tonight? This self-pity settled. And in the, the midst of being so excited for these guys, I was a groomsman in all three weddings. In the midst of being so excited about what God was doing, this one question kept hitting me. What if in all this life trans transition, I get left alone? What if while everything is changing around me, I get left alone? So let's be crazy practical tonight. Let's talk about dating for a minute. I touched on it just a little bit last week, but you really start to see it become a thing at this stage of life. And it's hysterical because all through like middle school, high school, the youth group, all your small group leaders are like, don't you even look at that boy. You don't need to date until you're older, right? Like, it's just don't do that. And then you turn 18 and everybody's like, hey, you got a boyfriend? <laughs> I don't know what happened. Like, a month ago, you didn't want me to date. And now you're wondering if I'm getting married. Like, it happens really, really quick. But in your personal life with your friends, the scheduling gets all jacked up all over the place. Last week, we talked about how it even happens just in day-to-day -day schedule because you go from, I go to high school with these kids every day, 8.30 to 3.30, and some of us have part-time jobs, to now y'all go to different colleges with completely different class schedules and everybody's working crazy hours to try to get all that done. And your friend group naturally changes and you look up and you're like, where did everybody 
go. And that lie hits. They don't even love me anymore. They don't even care. So back to the, the, the marriage side where I was, right? I'm looking at all these friends that have gone different places and God was blessing them and, I, and God was blessing me and getting me ready for the wonderful wife that I have today. Holler at you, Livy. But in the moment, it sure didn't feel good. In the moment, it really didn't feel good. So let me talk to my married people in the room. Whether you, you just got married or you've been married a minute or the engaged couples in the room, like do not assume that you getting married exempts you from friendships. That is not how this thing works. This, ne- this new stage of life is incredible, but your spouse does not take the place of the brothers and sisters in your life. Amen? Anybody? Amen? Amen? Okay. And along with that, to my married people in the room, remember what it was like to be single. Because everybody, everybody watched it happen. Everybody had that friend that went and got married or that sibling that went and got married and whatever and that little in-between that happened. And it's funny because it's great. There's nothing bad with this. It's one of those good change transitions that we were talking about. But what it does emotionally sometimes to people is crazy. So to my single people in the room, do not write your married friends off just because they're married. And again, praise God, Livy and I, we didn't have to deal with this. We've got people in our living room every night of the week, and it's incredible. But we have incredible friends that had a great friend group that when they got married, it was like nobody wanted to talk to them anymore. They had graduated out of the friend group, and they didn't have friends. They're like, that's not how this works. You still need each other. You see, the life transitions can be weird in the moment, but I promise it's all good. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's all good. Change in relationship status and schedules does not impact the love that your family and friend group has for you. Let me say it one more time because it seems so simple. Tonight's going to be kind of elementary, but there's somebody that really needs to hear it. Change in relationship status and daily schedules does not impact the love that your family and friend group has for you. I've been reading this, uh, this leadership book. It's by Pastor Chad Veach. It's literally called Help, I Work With People. <laughs> and I feel that. I feel that so much. And I've been reading through this book, and there's this part where he talks about insecurity and how he, he had this trap where he would get caught being so worried about what everybody thought about him. And in the book, he makes a statement, I've decided to believe that everyone likes me unless they tell me differently. And somebody needs to take hold of that. I've decided to believe that everybody just likes me unless they tell me differently. I know things change. And to some of my my graduating high school students that are in the room, don't let this sermon be like a terrifying thing. Like don't go home and be like, I'm gonna lose all my friends. It's not gonna work. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, Be aware ahead of time that in the daily life transitions, your emotions can get the best of you. And your friends still love you. Your people are still your people. The daily schedule just looks a little different. Now, in this season of transition and change and all the things, there's three things I want you to hear me say tonight. So if you're a note taker in the room, this is a great time to take notes. If you're not a note taker in the room, it's a great time to become one. Note number one, first thing is you are not alone. 
And everybody said, well, yeah, I know. No, 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 no. You are not alone. Proverbs 18, 24. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Isaiah 41. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 121, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. It may seem so simple, but hear it from a pastor that cares. God sees you and he cares about where you're at. He sees the transitions and all the emotions that come with that. He sees the heartache and the confusion. He sees you trying to do your best and make sense of your life. He sees you. God is with you. You are not alone. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not alone. Like you really mean it and you've not got tired of talking to your neighbor yet. Tell them you are not alone. God is on your side. God is paying attention. And along with that, you've got an Oasis family around you. There is a room full of people that are so excited that you're here. You were not meant to do life alone. And whether you've been here for months or it's your first time in the room, this genuine, it's not just like a catchy thing that we say at the beginning. That's why we are here every week so that you can find some people to do life with that can be uplifting, that can be godly, that can help hold your arms up when you get tired, that can do life with you. So when we dismiss in a minute, you, I better see high fives and shaking hands. Don't go, don't go home tonight knowing the same people that you did when you came in. <laughs> Invite somebody to coffee. You don't know where the local coffee spots are? I'll tell you, I've been to every single one. <laughs> every single one. Go grab a cup of coffee. Go hang out. Go to a park. Come play disc golf with the guys sometime. Wow, you can tell which ones of us go play. <laughs> Meet some people. Invite some people to hang out because you're not alone. The second thing, it's not what it seems. This is not what it seems. Man, tomorrow I'm taking my puppy to get a haircut. How many of you have met Charlie? You've met Charlie. If you have not met Charlie, just come by the house at any time. Like I said, there's always somebody there and Charlie will meet you at the door just as happy as she can. She's almost seven months old. She is a schnoodle, a half schnauzer, half poodle. Charlotte the schnoodle, we call her Charlie. She's incredible. She's getting her first ever haircut tomorrow and she's unlike any dog I've ever had before. How many of you have dogs? The, the dog owners in the house. I'm not gonna ask about cats because don't, we don't need to go there. Dog owners in the house. Okay, have you ever noticed that like your dog watches commercials or like really gets excited about TV or their reflection in the mirror or whatever? Okay, Charlie will literally watch a movie. I don't mean like she'll get excited and see a commercial and bark at the other dogs, which she does. I mean, Charlie, well, my God. The definition of the word far is, to a considerable degree, very much. The word far has eight other definitions. Listen, I told the Lord that I wanted you to be encouraged tonight. So I don't know which one of y'all needed to know that. Somebody needed to know, though. Somebody needed to know. <laughs> that is hands down the greatest thing that has ever happened in a church service. Yes, God. Thank you for that laugh. 
Siri, just take the word in. You ain't got to interrupt like that. Just take it in. <laughs> but Charlie will literally watch movies. So this week, Livy's been babysitting for some friends and I've been coming to work. So every day when I leave the house, I've been turning on Star Wars because I'm trying to raise my dog right. So far, she's made it through four Star Wars movies just hanging out at the house. So I come home and we debrief. We talk about it. What did you think about it when this happened and when this happened? But listen, the entire Star Wars series, if you've never seen Star Wars, sorry, spoiler, shame on you if you haven't seen Star Wars before. But this whole thing starts out with this infamous bad guy, Darth Vader, right? Luke starts his journey to leave his home planet and he goes out into the galaxy to find himself and to make something of his life and he gets out there and realizes that he plays a part in stopping this bad guy and then eventually finds out the big secret, right? That Darth Vader is in fact Luke's father. Exactly. It's the famous scene, Luke, I am your father, right? This famous Star Wars scene and he finds out that the person that he has hated and has been the villain the entire time, you know, spoiler alert, saves his life at the end of the thing. It wasn't what it seemed. It, it seems so silly, <laughs> but it wasn't what it seemed. And I wonder how many of us, even in the last week, have had this thing going through our mind that somebody hated us or had some beef with somebody else that if you had all the information, you really wouldn't even feel that way. It's not what it seems. We spend all this time thinking that people have got something against us. It's an insecurity thing. And it happens so quickly and so easily. But you can go from having a great day to walking through the mall and see three of your friends walking together and none of them invited you. And all of a sudden it's like, man, they hate me. Every one of my friends hates me. I'm going to die alone. You can go from zero to a hundred so fast, but it's not what it seems. It's, it's not what it seems. They're not talking about you behind your back. Nine times out of 10, they're not. They've not moved on without you. And those lies of, man, everybody's got a life except for me. Everybody's got it together except for me. Everybody's, mm. do not drink the emotional Kool-Aid that comes along with all the life transitions. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all else and beyond cure. Who can understand it? You see, your emotions can and will go all over the place in this season of life all over the place, good, bad, ugly, all the things. Your emotions can get thrown all over the place, but hear me, your emotions are responders, not indicators. So don't look at every emotion and everything that comes up and think, oh, I'm anxious. That naturally must mean that people hate me. There must be something wrong. There must be something broken. No, dude, it's probably just because they were doing homework. It's probably just because they had to work. Whew. It's not what it seems. Again, let me be super simple. And if you don't know me, if you don't know me super well, I hope that even though we may have just met, these words mean something. But your friends still love you. 
and you can't be replaced. There is only one you. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's only one you. Oh, y'all are sweet. Turn to your other neighbor and say, there's only one you. The third thing for my note takers is Jesus understands. Jesus understands. Do you realize that the disciples never really got it? They were walking with Jesus for over three years and they never really got it while he was there with them. You watched all these scenes play out where Jesus would tell them things and how the future was gonna change and he was gonna die, but he was gonna be raised and all these things gonna happen. It's like it went in one ear and out the other. They never fully understood the weight of what was going to happen. And Jesus' closest friends let him down. There were moments when, uh, where Jesus would ask them to pray and they'd fall asleep. <laughs> Times when they would argue amongst themselves instead of just helping Jesus. And man, when he was crucified, the majority of them went in hiding. But Jesus stayed constant in the middle of it. There is nobody better than Jesus to relate to what it feels like to just carry on life alone when it feels like everybody else is running along without you. And it, again, it may feel so elementary, but be encouraged tonight that Jesus really does understand where you're at. And Jesus managed to stay constant in the mess. And this is how. I believe that Jesus knew that he needed the disciples in his life. That God had given him a mandate and a calling to pour into these men that they would then go out to fulfill the great commission. I also think Jesus was supposed to have the companionship of the brothers that he walked along with in the process. But he knew that these guys were human. And he knew that they would let him down. But he was so confident in his own identity and in the love that God had for him that when those things happened, he didn't go cry (laughs) and freak out and think, man, nobody loves me and it's all falling apart. He knew who he was. And he struggled with everything just like we do, but he stayed consistent in the moment. So let me ask it. The simple questions. Do you know that you're loved? Like, really? Do you believe that you're loved? Awkward silence. Because it hits heavy sometimes. Do you really know that you're loved? Do you know that you are seen? If someone leaving you unread for a little while Since anxiety that nobody loves you, you may not know who you are. Don't allow the devil to steal the excitement of this new stage of life by lying to you about your worth. Some of us in the room, myself included at times, have such low self-esteem, either because of real life stuff that has happened Like, there's some stuff in this room. There's physical, emotional, verbal abuse in this room. There's family drama, parent drama, crazy relationship drama, Lord help you, in this room. So some of us have carried some really rough insecurity and self-esteem issues because of real life things that happened. But it's stealing from you every single day. Because you, ooh, 
Every time somebody doesn't respond to that message or that guy or girl that you're semi-interested in doesn't respond within that hour, you go into this hole of, ah, they wouldn't have liked me anyway. And everybody leaves me eventually. And all this doom and gloom and bliss. <laughs> and you know, it makes it really hard for the people around you to care for you when you're stuck in that. Because then you're stuck in defensive mode. So every time somebody sneezes the wrong way, you, you think something's happened that, that hasn't. It makes it hard to just love people and to be okay. Hear me, you are so worthy of love. And I hope that brings some healing. I hope that there's some of you that that's just hard for you to, to deal with tonight. Write it down in a note anyway. You are worthy of love, so don't stick around in that lame relationship. Don't sit in the drama and the issues. You are worthy of love. God so loved the world, so loved you, that he would send his only son. Keith sang it a bunch of times in the sanctuary. He thought I was worth saving. He did. He does. That Jesus would die for you out of the love that he has for you. You are worthy of love. So don't flip out in the moments of change and transition if things start to feel weird. You are not alone. It is not what it seems, and Jesus understands. Will you stand with me? Hebrews chapter 9, or uh, chapter 6, verse 19, is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. You can be anchored. You can be grounded. You can be completely okay. And when the wind and the waves come around and all the things happen and life starts to feel crazy and the lies start to come up and all the things that happen, you don't have to be just another emotionally led young adult because you've got Jesus. So you can stand firm. It's like, no, I'm, I'm not gonna drink the Kool-Aid of my emotions. My emotions can move and will change and will do all the things, but I know who I am. Amen. Heads bow, uh, bowed and eyes closed. God, I thank you for who you are. And I ask tonight that you really would give a revelation of just how loved we are. More than a, a pastor can do in 25 minutes. More than goosebumps from a worship set can do. I ask that you would bring a deep awareness of how loved each individual in the room is. Whether they've followed you for 20, 30 years or they're just trying to decide now where they stand. I thank you for the new stages of life and the many blessings that you're pouring out. So right now bring healing over the heartache, over the gossip, over the lies, over the abuse, over all the things that have stolen from us. That while the enemy would come only to steal, kill, and destroy, you came that we would have life and life more abundantly. So bring healing tonight, Lord. 
with nobody looking around. If you're in the room and you say, Caleb, that, that sounds all fine and dandy, but I don't know that I've received that love. Would you throw a hand up for me? Yeah. Amen. Man, it happens right now between you and Jesus. <laughs> and I mean it, there's some real heartache. There's some real stuff in the room. But he died for you. And he is crazy about you. And he can pick up the weight of the hurt, the heartache, and the shame. And he can wipe it all away. To everybody in the room, if you'll just repeat after me whether it's the first time or the hundredth time. Let's recenter tonight. Everybody repeat. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I choose you. Heal my heart. I believe that you are the son of God. And I give you lordship of my life. God, I thank you for what you're doing right now and every heart and mind in the room. God, for the wounded one, bring healing. Bring healing, Jesus. Right now, Lord, thank you. We're not in a hurry. <laughs> Somebody just take a deep breath because his peace is in the room. God, heal broken hearts right now. Remove the anxiety, the lies that the enemy has brought up, the insecurity, the obsessive compulsive thoughts, the uneasiness. I just rebuke the fear of the future. God, I thank you that you know the plans you have for us to bless and to prosper, to give a hope in a future. So tonight, let a new understanding of how loved we are pour out over our heart and mind that then we would just be able to rest in that trust that you've got it. You've got it under control and it genuinely is all good. You have a plan. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, I just speak life and life and abundantly over this congregation and the families that they represent, that physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and financially, they would be blessed and highly favored, that in every transition, in the excitement of the new things that you're doing, God, that it would be just that. It would just be exciting and joyous and wonderful. I rebuke fear, anxiety, depression, and everything around it. So thank you for joy unspeakable and full of glory. We love you. We thank you and we praise you. And we pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Will you make some noise for Jesus tonight?